the world simply would, would stop to function if it wasn't for, for shipping. They're here because we've built up an industry, we've built up expertise. There's a whole workforce of people here in Cyprus. Let, let, let me say this. I think it's much easier to find solutions technologically than through uh, uh, behavior changes. Than Churchill. And, and my favorite is uh, success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. I'm Farah Shamas. Welcome to Hotel Talk. We hope you enjoy listening to this friendly conversation between people connected by real life in hotels. Welcome back to Hotel Talk. And I'm so excited today because I have someone who's not involved in the hotel industry once again, but is a very dear friend and who is connected with hotels in more ways than we know, actually also living in somewhere that was a former hotel. So he is the CEO of Interorient Navigation, the president of the Cyprus Shipping Chamber, the vice chairman of the Cyprus Marine Environment Protection Association, and quite importantly, the vice chairman of the International Chamber of Shipping. Themis Papadopoulos, thank you so much for joining me here thanks, today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here. Ah, oh, it really is. And uh, disclosure, we're friends for many, many years, <laughs> so we're going to have fun on this one. So... Them, tell me a little bit about you, not me, the listeners, about you, but from the beginning, where you were born, where you grew up, sure, and how you ended up in shipping, obviously family, but tell us everything. How, how did it all begin? So I was born in Cyprus, 48, almost 49 years ago now, uh, grew up here and um, eventually uh, got to the UK for uh, university studies and then pretty much straight back to Cyprus, into the family business, which, as you say, is shipping. And uh, that was 27 years ago. So I've been doing it for a while. I, rem I remember being at your house, actually, ages ago, and it, you were like, oh, I've been in it. I can't remember, it was 15 or 18. Yeah. And it, that was like the shocker then. Yeah. And now we're like, I'm sure we'll talk about this a bit later, but shipping is one of these strange industries where you don't ever have two days that are the same. So... I can honestly tell you in 27 years, I think I've had, you know, as many different days. It's it's a remarkable industry in many ways. So is it something that you very much wanted to go into or is it something that you felt pulled to go into because of your family business? I think like every, you know, 20 aspiring and ambitious 20 something year old, you know, it's a combination of both. You 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 recognize that it's, you know, you have something there, a platform, a family business that that is there and at the same time, you know, you want to prove yourself and, and do your own thing and stuff. So I think it's a combination, a uh, combination of things. Uh, funnily enough, someone said to me the other day something that I'd never thought about and, and, and it was this. He said, do you know anyone that's ever gone into shipping and then left to go into another industry? And that's so true. Once you're in shipping, it's like a bug that, that, that gets you and, and you, you stay forever. So I was bitten and smitten and here I am 27 uh, Which is years later. Amazing. And okay, I'm someone I'm so far from that industry, even though we're all connected to the industry in one way or the other. But tell us more about shipping. Why is shipping so important? I think the pandemic really made it quite obvious to many people. But really tell did. us tell us in, in more words than that, why is it so important? So I'll start with what you said, the pandemic. So, you know, the whole world was shut down. Everything was difficult. Logistics were difficult, and all of, uh, and all of that stuff. And throughout this impossible period, 
shipping kept going. So, you know, um, delivering raw materials, uh, energy, uh, goods, you know, things on the supermarket shelves. Yeah. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> shipping is a bit of a mysterious industry, not mysterious, a bit of an invisible industry. We, it doesn't really call publicity that much, but over 90% of global trade moves on ships. So almost everything that, that you see around you and, and, and that we use in our day-to-day -day lives has probably traveled by ship at one point or another, perhaps in its raw material form or perhaps in its finished form. Uh, but um, the world simply would, would stop to function if it wasn't for, for shipping. And, and the pandemic, as you say, was a remarkable example of how even in those, you know, very, unprecedented very time. unprecedented and, and really unthinkable times, um, we kept going. Uh, we kept going. And, and that's a huge testament to, to the men and women on the ships because they had, they had it much worse than us. We, mm. we got to quarantine at home in the comfort of our of our homes with our families and, and they were still on ships uh, traveling around the world and, and, and doing what they have well, to we do. We saw many here. I mean, many were outside St. Rafa Marina Absolutely. and when they were allowed, they were Absolutely. embarking here. Absolutely. And that yeah. was actually, if I can just plug Cyprus here a little bit, that was one of the things that as a country we did remarkably well. During that time, a lot of countries panicked and they wouldn't let you do crew changes and things like that. We had people stuck on board for months on end that were supposed to have been relieved and gone home, but we just couldn't get them, physically couldn't get them off because so many countries wouldn't allow travel and mm. crew changes. But Cyprus really stepped up and really took a lead in this and uh, was one of the really good examples of countries and industry coming, the government and industry coming together to create, uh, you know, the circumstances to allow things to continue to, to flow. Otherwise, I would say that, you know, shipping is, is the driver of global trade, obviously. It uh, provides for, as I say, more than 90% of world trade. And despite a lot of talk about onshoring and, and, and the things that have come out as a result of, 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 the, of the pandemic, and, and even the, if you look at the logistical problems that, that we've encountered and all the bottlenecks that have happened, they're only due to the fact that shipping had become so efficient and so good at what it does that nobody felt the need to have stocks of anything anymore. Everything was sort of just in time, whether you're a, a car manufacturer or whether you were a trader, you just relied that the ship would be there the next week and the right time, you'd have your goods, you didn't need stocks or anything. And if we think back 30, 40, 50 years, you couldn't trade in anything without having warehouses and, and stocks and all these kind of things. So the fact that we moved away from that business model to the just-in-time business model is because shipping became so wonderfully mm -hmm. efficient and reliable. Interesting. And on that note, what causes then the fluctuations in shipping? Because we often hear in Cyprus, so many people are connected with the shipping world and some years they're saying, oh, it's booming and everything's great. And other years, oh, it's tough times and we're struggling. So what is it then that causes? Because there is obviously a demand always. The simple answer is supply and demand. So, um, you know, you've got a certain number of ships to carry out that mm -hmm. trade and, and depending on what the demand is like in that trade and the number of ships that are available, that then is what moves the needle, um, just like mm. any other industry, supply and demand driven. So how does Cyprus fit into all of this? Why Cyprus? I mean, okay, I know a bit, but let's explain to everyone else as well. I mean, why has Cyprus become such a big place for shipping, especially Limassol? Limassol, absolutely. Well, Limassol is probably one of the shipping centers of the world. Um, I don't like to tell you it's number two or three or four mm. or whatever. These, these numbers are very arbitrary, but we're one of the main uh, shipping capitals of the world. 
Um, and this is a history that goes back to the 70s. So there's a longevity to the industry here in Cyprus. It's, it's matured. Mm-hmm. And that means that, um, you know, I know we have, we host other industries here in Cyprus, but many have kind of passed through and then not stuck around. Shipping, as I say, been here for more than 40 years. Uh, there's a track record here. Uh, originally, if we think back to what Cyprus looked like in the 70s and 80s, I think it was very much tax-driven. We had the offshore company um, concept and structure, so I think they all took advantage of that. But in recent times, at least over the last 20-25 years, I would say that there's hardly a, a place in the world that doesn't offer the same tax advantages for shipping companies. So it, companies aren't here because it's mm-hmm, tax-driven. They're here because we've built up an industry, we've built up expertise. There's a whole workforce of people here in Cyprus um, that are now you know, employed by the shipping industry. When, when Interoyant started in 1979, I think the ratio of, of, of expat staff to, to local staff was something like you know, 80-20 or 90-10 or something. Now we're probably 70-30 the other way. So um, Imagine the massive shift. There's been yeah. a huge shift, yeah. Mm. So interesting. So tell us a little bit, I've got so many questions here, but um, okay, about the Environmental Protection Association and sustainability and shipping, because this is a big thing that comes up over and over again. I mean, I hear it so much and I'm not even in your industry. Um, Shipping and, I don't want, okay, sustainability, but sustainability can mean so many things. It can just mean how long can shipping last? Let's talk about the environment and eco-friendly procedures. Is that even possible with shipping? Mm. And what's being done about it? Uh, you are you are very much up to date, Farah. <laughs> so this is the topic of the day. It dominates you, yeah. it dominates all discussion on, on, on shipping. Look, we're in a world that has rightfully decided that we, one way or another we need to decarbonize and move our economies away from 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 fossil fuels. Um, shipping recognizes that it is a contributor to this, and I think has done for some time. But to put things a little bit in context. In fact, I was looking at this the other day. I, I think something like um, 17 or 18 percent of global emissions uh, come from uh, transport sector, and that's excluding cars. So we're talking ships, planes, and trucks, road trucks. And I think it's you know shipping is something like two percent, aviation is something like two percent, and then the trucks are 13 percent. And a truck, at best, can move one or two containers, whereas a ship can move hundreds and thousands mm-hmm. of containers. It's by far and away the most environmentally uh, friendly mode of transport if you look at it relative to other uh, to other um, uh, options. Having said that, as an industry, shipping contributes something like 2% of global emissions as a whole. Um, and, you know, whatever can be done to bring that down should be done. And, and the global regulators have introduced a series of milestones that companies have to meet, which revolve around improving efficiency, improving... Uh, your emissions and, and 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 all these kind of things, but that's not going to get us to a decarbonized um, industry. To get to a decarbonized industry, we need either technological solutions that are not yet available, or we need uh, <clears throat> what we call alternative fuels, alternative fuels that are clean burning. And that could be a, a number of things, and the jury's still out on what it will be in the end, or many people say it'll probably be a combination of things. But, um, you know, electrification is a solution for cars or maybe not even all cars, maybe just city cars, because I mm. can't imagine, you know, a Living truck 
yeah, a truck that's going, you know, across the, the US. States, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, that's not a suit. So, so there's, there's other industries other and than shipping. And it's still, how is it being made? Because at the end of the day, people think, oh, an electric car, there's no emission. Well, that's just where it's being stored. Right. It's still being, right. you know, made with petroleum or whatever else, ab- ab- unless yep. it's being made by wind or solar, which then goes back to, you know, the ab- grid. Absolutely. And even the, 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 the current manuf- battery manufacturer technologies are, are you know, very much mm-hmm. old school. We haven't had a battery revolution. So we still rely on a lot of mining of, of nickel and, 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 and uh, you know, copper and, mm-hmm. and uh, all, all different kinds of metals to make the batteries. So lithium. So, um, uh, it isn't a solution for everything. It's certainly not a solution for shipping. And there are other industries, heavy industries as well, that electrification isn't really a solution for. So uh, we believe that the future is likely to be, yes, a combination, but most likely involving a clean burning fuels of some kind. And then as you very rightly say, that the basis for that, the starting point of that has to be green energy. And that's where I think shipping feels a little bit disappointed in the in the fact that governments are always pushing industry to do something. But as far as I'm concerned, the low hanging fruit is, is, is power generation. I mean, that's, that's mm. 40% of global emissions, maybe even more that's around the world. Right. So why aren't we doing what, you know, Denmark has done and, and, and Sweden and maybe Norway, I think to an extent, you know, why aren't we doing more renewables? I mean, here in Cyprus, we're oh, you know, I mean, so frustrating. You know, the sun is 300 here. and whatever days of sunshine a year. And, a year and, yeah. you know, and then we started with wind and then we realized that might not be the best thing for us. And now we're moving to solar and now that's kind of reached the bottleneck. And I don't know how many new projects are coming online, but this is everywhere in the world. It's not just mm. in Cyprus. So, you know, governments around the world need to get their act together, need to massively increase uh, renewable um, power generation so that then what comes after that, whether yeah. it's, whether it's green hydrogen or whether it's green ammonia or whatever it is that shipping is going to rely on and, and other industries is coming genuinely from a carbon neutral source or a carbon mm-hmm. free source. Otherwise, you know, I, 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 this is not the best example, yeah. but to, to buy an electric car in Cyprus to then go plug it in the wall where we're still powering our, 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 mm-hmm. you know, our, our energy from, from heavy fuel oil feels a bit of a, yeah. of a paradox. Yeah, unless you've got a good photovoltaic system. So not to say that it's not worth it. I've got a hybrid myself, but still, it's yeah. No, no. Um, it's yeah, it's and then I'll it. then I'll go off shipping and be like, and if everybody just stopped eating as much beef, <laughs> then also that's a much bigger contributor than shipping. Sure. It is statistically, it uh, is. No, yeah, the agricultural uh, uh, industry. Absolutely, so. absolutely. But yeah. just let 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 me say this. I think it's much easier to find solutions technologically than through. Uh, uh, behavior changes. Mm-hmm. Very hard to convince seven, seven yeah. and a half billion people, yeah. eight billion, to, eight yeah. billion to change behavior. So I, I always say, well, let's let's do what we can. Let's do you know the things that are within the remit of governments, and that right now is is you know, much more renewable power than than or, or at least increase the pace of renewable power from what we're seeing today. So, what has been the greatest lesson that you have learned so far in your career of so many <laughs> decades? The greatest lesson, I think, is how little we know. <laughs> <laughs> Being reminded every day, every day of, our... of how little we know. And it, this ties a little bit into what I said earlier, that we don't seem to have two days the same in shipping. Yeah. You know? Sometimes, you know, something will happen and you gather all the experts in the office and they might have a few hundred years of experience between them. And no one's ever encountered this before. And, you know, no one knows what to do. And you have to sit and think and work out a plan and, you know, make plans. So... I think this is the lesson for me. Just, you know, be humble and, and you know, there's I much more that. Than, than we don't know than we think we know. I love that. 
So who's inspired you the most in life in general? Well, having worked in the family business and with my father for so many years, I, I, I think I'd have to say he's sort of the first inspiration, his demeanor, his way of approaching problems, his calmness, you know, his, um, well, other people say this to me, but, you know, he was a pioneer um, in the shipping industry here in Cyprus. Um, so I think for us that have kind of come after him and taken over the business, uh, it was a big shoes to to fill and I, don't know, I hope he's uh, looking with a smile at what we're doing and I'm <laughs> and, sure and not I'm with a sure scowl. he is which leads me on to my next question about you being a daddy you've got two lovely daughters how do you balance that because I I have said this before on this podcast I think women get asked an awful lot like how do we manage it and it is a very very important topic for women but it's equally an important topic for men mm, men are still absolutely fathers are still need to be there for their family. So how do you manage such a demanding, not role, several roles? Yeah, and then... Yeah. And I think a lot more so today. I mean, 30, 40 years ago, and this is terrible to say, but, you know, men weren't really expected or not at <laughs> to, all. to be that involved in, you know... Not at all. We keep laughing with my husband. He's like, since when did dads go to kids' yeah, birthday parties? Exactly. Like, <laughs> no one from our generation remembers our dad ever at a birthday party. Yeah. So, so absolutely. Look, um... I, th I should be asking you that because you're the most multi-task person I've ever met in my life. So I, I need to ask <laughs> you how, you, how I know. I need to ask you how you how you balance it. I think my answer will probably be the same as, as anyone's. You do your best. You try to be there as much as possible. There are sacrifices that need to be made, and there's also little tweaks you can do. I mean, I try. I travel a lot because this is the nature of shipping. But you know, I've try to, to, to limit my trips as much as possible. And then when I am traveling, I limit the time I'm away as much as possible. I always try to be here on the weekend to make sure we have family time as, as a family and all of that. But, you know, this is a never-ending battle, as you know, I think best. Never-ending. And however much you do, you sometimes feel it's not enough. But I, I think yeah, the main thing, I mean, you've said it now, it's quality over quantity. So when you're actually uh, there, yeah. That, that's the most important really thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Because I think whatever we do, we'll always have a, a little bit of guilt in the back of our minds. You know, have we done enough? Are we doing it right? Are we this? Are we that? But, you know, it doesn't come with a manual, does it? You do your best and, and hope at the end of the day it turns out all right. That's what um, someone um, said, actually, to someone we know who now lives in America. And again, I think I've said it before on this. But when you feel that you're not really doing either the best you could, neither work nor family life, that's when you've hit the balance. When you're, <laughs> the balance. <laughs> when you're nailing one, okay. like, oh, I'm nailing it at work, right, I'm okay. amazing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're pretty okay. sure your family's yeah. suffering. When you're like, oh, I've been amazing with my yeah. family, yeah. I've done everything and whatever. Yeah. Work's probably not thriving as it should. So, 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 so we're destined yeah. to be tortured forever. Tortured, <laughs> some one way or another, exactly. Okay, okay favorite quotes. Favorite quotes. Winston Churchill is usually my go-to oh for quotes. Oh my goodness, I've said used him so many times on so, so many podcasts. I love his dry sense of humor. So I'm going to go with a Winston Churchill. And, and my favorite is uh, success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. I that, love that. That is my absolute that. favorite. <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness, Winston Churchill was such a classic. I think everything he said is just... Yeah, brilliant. And there's so many times to use one of his quotes. I really, really, really. He's The man had a, a unique t a talent oh for this, Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. And I, I love the, I can't remember exactly the, the few words he wrote, but he failed um, an essay once 
Do you, do you, did you hear that story? No, yeah. No, go on. <laughs> so they, they told write about um, we want you to write a creative essay about um, watching cricket, and he just put like I think I don't know how many words. It rained. I got bored. I left. And that was it. And they failed him. But he was like, well, that's it was the truth, you know. There's nothing else to say. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Bonus question. Pick any that you want from our crystal ball. This is from our team. So everybody gets a chance. I'll read it to you. To um, write, to, yeah, to put a question. They don't know who's going to pick it, obviously. Have you learned anything new about yourself recently? Oh, wow. Yeah, well, every day. Every day. That's the answer, honestly. Every day. They should have said, what have you learned? What have you learned? So what have I learned about We all learned these things, but what have you learned? Um, good question. I think... I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 50, and that is a... That's a bit of a seminal moment, at least in a man's life. I don't know. If oh, I think uh, for a woman, it's even well. more. <laughs> okay, so let's let's take fifty as a seminal moment in our lives, and um, it, it's it's kind of the moment where a lot of people, you know, try and take stock and see have I achieved what I set out to achieve and my goals and my ambitions, and am I where I want to be in life? But I think what I've come to the well, the realization I've come to recently is that. Um, you know, there is no such point in life where you stop and you take stock and you grade yourself or anything like that. It, it's, a, you know, the classic, it's the journey, not the destination. And, and that is, I think, something that I've come a lot more to terms with recently uh, than I used to. I always used to think that, you know, by this age, I'll have done that. And by this age, you'll have done that and all of that kind of stuff. And the folly of youth, I, I when I look back now. So yeah. enjoy the ride and don't worry so much where you are at what point in life. That's my, uh, that's we- my latest we were. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, we were saying on yeah, on another episode with Sophia Paraskeva that she was saying her forties are amazing, and you don't care so much what people are saying and thinking. And then I mentioned Winston Churchill and his quote that in your twenties, um, you care about what people are saying. In your forties, you stop caring, and in your sixties, you realize no one was talking about you in the first place. And um, and I think that there is a lot to be said for you know. Aging, not say aging gracefully, but just getting wiser and and more mature, and not fearing mm-hmm. aging mm-hmm. because it's it, it can be beautiful. My mom always told me that. Enjoy every stage; it's all different. Um, and I really liked uh, Jennifer Lopez. Actually, I think it was her documentary, but she was called Half Time because you're only halfway there. Absolutely, you know, yeah. we live a long life now, yeah. and we can make the most of Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Them. I really, really appreciate Thank your you. time I love being from here. your busy schedule. It was nice to see you finally. <laughs> we need to do more interviews just to catch yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, It's great to see you, Farah. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Hotel Talk. And I hope that you're enjoying every single moment of this exciting show. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button because it helps us more than you may realize. And if you can like and comment on whatever platform that you've chosen to listen to this podcast, that would be great. If you'd like to stay in touch, do follow me on social media and click on www.sentraphael.com. The exact website is in our show notes and you can join our Seahorse Club where you can get exclusive offers and discounts and learn so much about our wonderful hotel here in Limassol, Cyprus. And also, if you'd like to email our 
reservations team and just quote Hotel Talk, they will be sure to give you an extra special price when you're booking your next trip with us. So we look forward to seeing you soon. Stay tuned, listen up more and feedback is always more than welcome. Thank you.